everybody black. <laughs> I am. Betting on black tonight. Welcome to Black Mentality, where we aim to intersect our daily black experiences with our mental health needs. What does that mean? Trying to have mental wellness in this economy as a black person. I kind of stumbled there because (laughs) it's been a while. (laughs) It's been a minute. I'm back. Yeah. Hi, guys. How's it going to all my two fans? You know what? You keep me going. I just want to say I love y'all. I love (laughs) y'all. Nah, you know what it is? To be honest, I actually don't have an excuse for not recording for the longest time ever. But hey, I I gave 13 episodes of my life. 13 thoughtful and very much so moments of my life, really. Like, those were hours of, like, recording and even sometimes um, editing, you know. So I I deserve to take a break. Um, I guess I'll call it a compassionate break because I I really don't have a reason as to why um, I was kind of gone for a long time. I I guess my reason could be to be hate. Um, I was a dog mom for a bit, so I was kind of, like busy you know I was actually living that life as a mother so I couldn't really um you know like I didn't have time for anything else my whole world was about this dog and I really enjoyed it to be honest like oh I love that dog (laughs) the people that know uh, me really know how well I took care of that dog and I just can't believe that I've had to give her back but um yeah like if anyone wants to you know allow me to dog sit that's on my resume now like I'm actually really well and truly a a really great dog sitter but now um I wish I could give you feedback like you know how they do customer feedback I wish I could actually give you the feedback from the dog because she would tell you that she was really impressed and that she was treated quite well to be honest I think she felt like she didn't want to leave I just said that presence from her but hey who am I (laughs) no shade to the parents I promise (laughs) Uh, But yeah, before I begin, I actually want to acknowledge and pay my respects to the traditional owners of this nation. I'm coming to you from Darug and Gandagara land. I really do not have much planned for today except for I just wanted to catch up in it. Like, just wanted to come here, chat some mad shit, and that's basically it really. And, um, but I do, I guess, I guess I do have a few things to say. Like, I've been having a pretty like decent time I was living life really so celebrated my birthday for almost two months um so <laughs> clearly I was enjoying myself um but I do have a complaint this weather this weather ain't really for me um I'm already struggling I've been vaccinated against COVID and happy for that um it's just I just feel like the weather still bothers me so much really I, I try so hard to not be affected by it but it's actually really bothersome type of weather isn't it but yeah um so it's i think it's my 14th episode so yeah like i guess this 14th episode special i should just give you a bit of a update about what's been going on and i don't really like reveal much i've noticed about myself but i will reveal my inner thoughts because last episode was about trying to i guess um think about thinking in it so i did have a thinking party that i hosted with my friends technically it was a birthday dinner slash thinking party um do they know what they were in for i think so like generally people who are close to me know that they're always in for something whenever they come to my place we're always gonna think deeply in it but um yeah so I actually hosted something really fun with my friends and I thought it was fantastic and it kind of um wove into I guess the topic that I'll be talking about next time my next podcast stay tuned guys but um it was actually also somewhat summarizing um the previous um, podcast episode that I had which was around um, reflective thinking and well thinking about your own actions really and essentially what I realized is when my friends came over um, we ended up having more of a discussion around obviously reflective thinking but 
the whole thing was actually talking about privilege and more or less privilege and why it is super hard to actually relinquish privilege um i will go into detail next time because that was the topic i really wanted to sort of focus on but right now i will just play some things from that particular day <laughs> when i say play some things i meant play a game from from that day I essentially put in a bunch of questions into a little ball. It was actually my carnival um, huge wine glass that I got from a cruise. And I just put a bunch of questions in there that were more or less gratitude related, but also pointing towards privilege. Because, <laughs> you know, I like to make sure I have a theme to things. But yeah, so that's what I'm probably going to do today. And... Um, I'm not really following my format, to be honest, because I just kind of, like I said, I just want to come here and chat shit and like get your opinions on certain things and um, get you invested too. Speaking of having you guys actually um, be on board, last time we did play a game, I admit I did say that I was going to record <laughs> the responses at that time, but hey... Can you actually really stop someone from enjoying their life? Do you want them to stop enjoying their lives when you are celebrating your birthday? Like, I'm okay, so I'm a Taurus and born towards the end of April. And I just, the last year of your 20s needs to be extravagant. You need to just continue celebrating until you feel like you can't celebrate no more. So in that respect... I think you would actually understand, right? That I needed to just enjoy myself and enjoy my time. So why would you stop that? But anyway, enough waffling, like I did say. Um, so I'm going to actually highlight all the things that um, people said um, in my last... It was my last Insta story game. So the game was about like the word association to see if there's any biases or if there's any particular, I guess, inferences towards, I guess, no, 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 that's not even, if there were any sort of, yeah, biases that people have towards certain words. And mainly um, it was towards certain words I'd already um, raised in my previous podcast. So I had already, I think, realized that there were certain, I was aware of my biases, so I couldn't actually obviously like partake in that game. But anyway, my whole thing is let's start. So the rules of the game were to indicate whether you think the written word or phrase is good or bad. So we're limiting the binary system there because I just wanted to he whether you associated something with it, good or bad obviously it, there is a spectrum whenever you're thinking about certain words and sometimes you can be conflicted but in that moment i just wanted to see if people could actually sort of just choose one or the other um and then gray areas of course we can always discuss that in the future but yeah so that was the whole point of the game so choose good or bad and choose whatever pops into your mind first so the first i guess first first um words let me get there because now it's going all the way to january so the first word was skinny and people actually rated skinny as bad so 60 percent of people rated skinny as bad that's quite interesting because it's like Obviously, the connotation that's attached to skinny has fluctuated throughout history, more or less. I think we can all agree that skinniness has always been somewhat revered. And it's something that still, even to this day, I think there's a bit more skinny privilege, so to speak. But yeah, it's quite interesting that other people did sort of perceive skinniness to actually be... Um, something that's bad right now i wonder what that is i just think that like in any case really choosing a descriptor such as skinny is not exactly the nicest way to describe someone but yeah then the next word was fat oh, of course <laughs> we can see why um 
people actually consider this word um, bad, but 79% of people actually um, consider this word to be bad. And I, I guess, obviously, like, propaganda from TV uh, and the media in general, like, you do get... I guess anyone with the word, like, sorry, not even the word, but anyone that looks a bit oversized um, is generally judged a lot, lot more harshly compared to anyone that's not traditionally looking as if they are skinny or, I guess, healthy, I, I perceive. Like today, um, I recall seeing someone, I actually had a bite. Yeah, I think I caught myself having a bit of bias. No, I caught myself having a discussion about whether I was potentially having a bias. So I was in the car, I was driving home, and then I saw someone who was a bit overweight, um, and they were wearing a midriff top um, and then uh, some trackies. And, of course, um, because they were of a larger sort of build, they did have... Um, their stomach hanging out or so abdominal areas hanging out and when I looked at that I was like you know what I don't see anything wrong with that considering how I, I found myself actually more or less trying to challenge society in my own head about why they would generally perceive that as something that's um, unkempt or even unpleasant and don't even start with, with <laughs> like Anyone that talks about why they dislike certain things because it's an appealing or unpleasant to their eye, I really find that quite problematic because I'm like, firstly, just close your eyes or move away. But secondly, why do you have such a problem with someone else's life? What someone else is doing? If it's not to the detriment of yourself or other people, if they're not hurting you or hurting someone else, then I don't see where the problem is. So I usually tend to find it quite problematic when that that, that sort of um, excuse is used to describe why people don't want to see someone dress or look in a particular way you know if there's they've got a bit of a judgment towards someone's appearance dislike it but yeah um yeah so fat yeah like a lot of people thought that it was bad it's a bad word and i think in terms of describing someone which is very true yeah it's not nice to actually describe someone as fat Ooh, so master bedroom so a lot of people, 79%, actually say that that was good. And I guess the connotation is not exactly, I guess, visible anymore. Because if you think about it, um, it there's an issue with the word master in itself, in depending on the context. But generally, I guess the, the connotation is not necessarily... Um, attached to the roots of slavery anymore because um, it seems like if people can sort of perceive master bedroom as something that's good uh, it's associated with obviously someone have having a um a main room where they can sleep um so yeah okay that's quite interesting isn't it um then there was a blacklist um yeah 67% of people said that is bad. Uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. And I guess, obviously, um, someone actually said this the other day. Um, I was listening to the two Sydney Silas. Um, I really enjoy um, the content sometimes. I'm joking all the time. Um, no, but I was listening to uh, Virginia Mupedzama. Oh, my gosh, I love that woman. Like, her work is phenomenal. Like, I've I've shouted her out before um she basically well she described it recently um that she her work or her research is mainly around differences and so she does touch on obviously institutional racism and racial experiences that um black people go through in australia so i love her work as as you can tell but anyway the reason why um i brought her up is because she said inherently look at the definitions of black and white and 
in that you can already see that there's going to be a negative connotation attached to black in itself because it's talking about dirtiness whereas whiteness is somewhat or white the the word white is actually associated with purity or just something that's like angelic type of thing so it's kind of very interesting and i guess obviously with the blacklist we know usually um it's talking about barring of people or like i guess uh, people that you wouldn't necessarily want to associate if you're on a blacklist so to speak or places people or places so yeah it's very interesting <laughs> then listen to this one about 89 percent of people actually said that slave drive is bad and i wonder why that is because it's almost like you would think if master bedroom is not a bad word according to our little spectrum a very um um what do you what do you mean um to a very well, sorry i'm like doing two things at once but um if master bedroom is not considered to be related to slavery then why slave drive but it's essentially the the, the drive in itself sorry the definition of the word is pretty much um <laughs> not exactly the best it is about driving someone to work really hard so you can you can imagine but then there is also i think i'm not an it specialist but i'm pretty sure slave drive has something to also do with it i don't know like listen like something i haven't really looked into but anyway then phrases when it came to phrases i did say afro hair doesn't do it for me and 91 percent of people said um that's a, that's a bad association or a bad phrase and i think that's actually really positive to see because um it might um i guess be speaking to attitudes that are changing now about afro hair clearly 2021 is doing something for the afro hair then i had you're well spoken, which was kind of divided uh, by two percent difference. We had fifty-one percent of people saying it's a bad phrase, and mind you, the whole sample was essentially like, largely black people with other ethnics there. But it's very interesting because if you think about it, um, yeah, that's usually quite an offensive term and I, I did this on purpose because usually when people say you're well spoken um it's generally directed to migrants that are speaking english and it then comes with this connotation that um wow you we don't expect you to speak good english or that um i guess an accent is something that's associated with minimal intelligence you know so it's a little bit of um a connotation that's quite heavy in it and then let's see i want caramel babies <laughs> um we had 64 percent say that it was a bad phrase which is quite interesting hey eh? because i'm like the other 36 percent hmm are you fetishizing kids huh why are you thinking about the skin color of your child what happened in your childhood? That I get. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just, I personally don't like that phrase. Like, I think you've probably realized this by now. All the phrases and the words that I chose do generally have a negative connotation attached to them because they, in one way, form or shape or another, they generally do actually, um, I guess impact a group in some way um it generally has that negative connotation that black people um have been associated with or have been made to feel uncomfortable in certain situations as a result so yeah that's why I put all these um sort of phrases there then the last phrase was I like my women and men to dress up and Oh, I actually had 54% say that's a good phrase. I think I've spoken about my thoughts on this because I'm like, I understand obviously that there's a standard that some people set from this for themselves when it comes to appearance, but it's not always something that you should impose on other people, you know? Because I'm like, bruh, if I want to wear some 
some trackies. This is trackies season, by the way. So if I want to wear trackies, and if I just want to go to the shops in my trackies and hoodies, like, who's to stop me? I'm not going to be, like, and I feel very comfortable to wear that, by the way. I'm, and But it extends into, let's say, certain situations where there's an expectation that you will dress a certain type of way. Of course, I will respect culture, like, let's say, other yeah, cultural um, sort of events, or even, like, let's say, the workplace. But I won't necessarily have to conform, for example, in the workplace. Because I'm a woman, I'm not going to wear a um, formal dress or a... Um, pencil skirt or anything like that you know when it comes to workwear I love my pants because it's so practical and I love to rug up because it gets so cold in the workplace but obviously that's just one example where it's like um, appearance doesn't always have to be dictated by the external world um, I more or less like to dress however I dress based on my mood and also how I'm feeling like I really dictate the way that I dress and sort of present myself because at the end of the day it's remaining true to myself and true to what I want and who I want to be so yeah it's very interesting when um there's a lot of impositions that come my way sometimes from friends <laughs> and um acquaintances and Actually, minimal friends, actually. The only comment I think I've received from friends um, that's very, um, that has some sort of implication to it is generally, wow, you should wear makeup more. Like, it suits you so much. Oh, my gosh, that sentence in itself. But, yeah, um, I obviously put boundaries to that because I'm like, I enjoy myself as I am and if I do want to wear makeup thank you for highlighting that you know makeup did accentuate my features but um at the end of the day I really like to go with whatever it is that I like so you I think a genuine compliment will be you look amazing you look great no added ad-libs about um how I should wear makeup more because I look great in it. Yeah, of course I know I look great. I look pang, bruv. I know I'm sick in that, like, outfit and, like, in that makeup. But it doesn't mean I have to then continue doing so because someone else has told me that I look amazing in it. Like, um, yeah, my whole point with that is just I just want us to be able to just, you know, wear whatever we want and... Um, sometimes receive compliments that are actually genuine and stating the facts in that moment and not necessarily trying to imply other things for future references if that makes sense yeah <laughs> but yeah now back to what i was actually saying at the beginning which is around the games that i was playing with my friends so like i did say it was a privileged themed um sort of um, environment and event but i probably will actually withhold that for now because i'm just thinking if i end up telling you about that game now and actually playing that game now then it won't make sense next time i actually want to continue on having a chat about privilege and then playing that game again you'll kind of ruin the whole sort of ambience you know so i will play that other game that we did which was around gratitude and um i will be answering this i'm happy to answer so i'll just be picking off um some of those um questions that i placed in that ball and then i will answer so the first question i've already picked is how did you make someone's day oh how did i make someone's day today I, I actually did. I re I remembered I did something. Yeah, so um, at work, without giving much detail away, um, sworn to secrecy for some things, but I was able to diplomatically <laughs> reveal certain things that would benefit or reduce anxiety for someone. So that was something that um, I, I could tell I made someone else's day with today. And yeah, did someone make my day today? Um, oh, like that's actually quite interesting. Did anyone make my day today? <laughs> I was gonna say I did, but no, um, no, oh, I'll have to come back to that because I'm like, 
it's something I usually practice gratitude on a daily basis. So now I have to think about what it is that someone did today. Well, I know someone made me laugh, so that was something I appreciated. And that was, it was a silly joke, but it was actually quite nice because it was during the time when I was like super busy. So that was great. Now, at the inverse of that um, question, there was another question at the back, which said, what are the three things that you're grateful for? Today, I am grateful for warmth, um, honey, because it literally helps with my throat whenever it starts feeling um, um, a bit sore. Um, not COVID, by the way. <laughs> and um, I really appreciate my family. I really appreciate my family. Yeah, those are the three things that I appreciate. Um, I encourage you to answer these as well, by the way, once um, I've said them. Okay. Ooh, okay. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> the next question. I'm trying to think. I'm like, well, how did that come into the mix for gratitude? Hey, I, I did say it was a question. But anyway, why do you think people do not have financial literacy? Hmm. I think... In the way that our capitalist society works, um, and even in the way that I am about to phrase this, <laughs> is quite problematic in itself, is that generally the way that the system has been designed is to have winners and losers. So the financial information is not always readily available. And I guess schools try their best because I guess they have to equip you with some sort of basic knowledge. But when it comes to, let's say, building wealth, it's not something that's readily available to people. And I think that is by design because um, if the entire system is financially literate, I think it will not then work as intended. So I generally, if you think about it, people that are wealthy usually pass on their, I guess, their knowledge around how to maintain and, I guess, acquire more assets. Whereas people that have not always been exposed to wealth, they will have to, I guess, more or less research or actually um find a way to actually come by that information sometimes it's quite challenging and you have to train yourself whereas if you're raised from a young age where you're for example you already have an understanding of how to work around um stocks for example then it becomes it becomes easier for you to continue on and actually sort of um, acquire more or take calculated risks as opposed to someone who has no idea until maybe adulthood but that's not to say just because you didn't get raised um, in a family that was already um, I guess financially um, savvy doesn't mean that you will I guess not have the chance because as an adult you do have the chance to make um, choices that can help you elevate your status I guess but in saying that there are systemic challenges that people do face and I guess working in um, some parts of southwestern Sydney I'm very privy to the fact that a lot of people do actually struggle in general and the last thing if their basic needs are not even met is to even think about trying to acquire more assets and don't even get me started about tax and the tax, tax break that like the wealthy get but then at the same time I'm going on a tangent now um, wealth sometimes makes me I guess infinite wealth especially let's say a billionaire level sometimes makes me question whether morality is still at play if someone has acquired almost like let's say one percent of the wealth of a country for example so it's very yeah it's something yeah <laughs> it's something Anyway, um, the next question was, do we need others, ooh, the world for black people to survive? I haven't seen these questions in a while, so I'm like, gosh, this was you, this was you. You came up with these questions. Okay, so do we need the world for black people to survive? Um, and at the inverse, which makes perfect sense why these two questions are <laughs> co-located, what do you think about self-determination? Um, I personally 
actually believe that we don't need um, the rest of the world, to be honest. Um, and I say that in the sense of if we were truly left alone and if we were able to actually um, thrive as we are as black people, because generally we've been quite innovative, we've been quite uh, resilient, and we're quite, I would say, industrious, I would say that we would thrive. Um, so if, for example, if we circulated the black dollar within the black community, if we had businesses that catered to what it is that we need, and yes, we can open up the markets to other ethnicities. I generally think that black people would actually thrive and not just survive in this economy, but like they would definitely be thriving in their self-determination. Um, obviously, we've got barriers and some are not, I was about to say self-inflicted, they have been, I guess, imposed. But then at the same time, there are things that I guess as a result of our psyche, not everyone, um, it does hinder progress at times. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I, I think genuinely we could, and I can cite some examples such as um, um, Tulsa, the Wall Street in America, that was such a great example um, of, I guess, black wall street thriving and um actually sort of building our economic powerhouses so i think it's um something that's great to actually look at an example and then we've got when when we've been able to thrive um i suppose without the corruption if you look at our, at our african countries obviously the common example in terms of like an emerging and uh, economy that has been going quite well it's Nigeria but of course we know that there's a background to it even now I know there's contestions so I'm not going to even like <laughs> continue on talking about that but essentially we do have the capabilities and we do have the resources if you think of how um, it's just a, a mind waiting to to really be I guess capitalized upon by our own people i'm using the words that are very <laughs> heavy in terms of connotation so i would just say okay um i think if we could utilize our resources in a more sustainable and healthy way within our own african countries and actually knowing the worth that we do have in these resources I personally believe that we are very self-determined. We could be very self-determined. And at present, we have the makings, we have the structures in some form or another to actually be self-determined. I know generally the um, argument when people talk about self-determination in Australia, there's generally a concept that um, there's not enough of us. And I... I, while I agree, yes, population-wise, we're not really sort of hitting the mark. Like I said, open up the markets to other people. But if we were to actually invest in our own communities, we would see more return and would actually see a lot more, I guess, yeah, like products, businesses that are catered to black people, by black people. I would love to see it. I'd love to see it. Especially um, anything like I've mentioned this already in the past I, I I buy black if I could I haven't really bought anything from a non-black store um when it comes to like let's say clothing um I haven't really bought anything except for I think I had to buy something um for like a wedding and I think that was that that was about it really but aside from that I get my outfits made um, if I could, like, I, I'll get my landscaping done by uh, black people. I'll go to a black um, grocery store. Like, that's something that I'm keen on. So whoever's keen to do that. And I, I personally do not like to do things like that. So I, you will not find me opening a store. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay, another question. Okay. Okay, nope. Another question will be... Let's Okay, okay. <laughs> what do you think about polygamous relationships? To be fair, not really phased. Um, people do what they want when they with whom they want. Um, I 
I don't necessarily see it as a problem, but I guess I like obviously this is my own thoughts. I I can, I can see where it becomes problematic when it comes to I guess instances where women actually want to be in polyamorous relationships. Um, it becomes a situation where I guess men do feel challenged by the notion of having a woman who is with other partners given of course it's 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 around sexist attitudes that are already present but i guess it, it, it even contests that masculinity to a sense that i have to share my woman with another man it's like almost a sense of entitlement that a woman has to be um belonging to one man but in saying that I think with any relationship, um, open communication, transparency, and just pure honesty, really. Like, if you want to be in, um, to be with multiple people, have that discussion with a partner. Like, open relationships, have that discussion with a partner. Is it for me? Um, I have realized that, no, I like that monogamy, you know? I like to be with that one person. Yeah, I really can't do this. Uh, <laughs> polyamorous stuff but hey each to their own for people that actually want it you know all right now i'll see what is the next question what is a weakness that you want to change about yourself hmm a weakness that i want to change about myself to be honest i'm quite tardy um do i want to change it that's the question Um, I think for the betterment of myself and just in general self-development that I really want to achieve, I probably should. <laughs> no, I kid. I actually, I actually do. I am. I have been working on it. I am. Um, I. Ha- you know what? I have to say, I have been quite punctual lately. I have to say that. Like, yeah, I have to say that. Or if I'm. Yes, the one way I know I've been actually working towards being less tidy is that I've actually been, when I'm running late, I will message or I will call whomever is waiting for me to let them know that I'm actually running late. I never used to do that in the past. In the past, I'll just rock up and be like, well, one, like, what do you do? <laughs> and people didn't like <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing because it's so problematic. But I've changed that. <laughs> okay, what is the strength that I love about myself? Um, I think I am quite resourceful and I'm really great at um, yeah, problem solving. I like to troubleshoot a lot of things. And that speaks to, I guess, in general, like my profession and also, I guess, even my hobbies in general. Like, I like things that require me to pay attention, analyze, try to diagnose a problem and then actually come up with a solution for it. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, But in saying that, I'm also like when a caveat would be I would not apply those same principles when it comes to like a friendship <laughs> no no not a friendship but like let's say if someone comes to me with their problem i'm not going to try and actually sort of um give them the solutions because I, I i find that to be very imposing so i generally try to explore possible solutions with with the other person you know yeah how do you communicate discomfort with others <clears throat> my discomfort hmm i straight up like i'll say it like i'll i'll let you know like <laughs> i'm bothered <laughs> no, no, but i think like i guess it is one of those things where i i do tend to try to firstly look inward to be like okay what is it about this situation that's making me uncomfortable and is it worth my time to actually um voice this or can i remove my situation from this myself from this situation because i guess there's certain things that you're confronted with that you are you're more or less um aware that there's no point to you um i guess wasting your energy if the outcome is not going to be let's say resolution to the conflict that just happened so i tend to 
Um, if something is making me uncomfortable, I will voice it depending on context or remove myself from the situation. And generally, um, if I don't feel comfortable in a situation, I will most likely not through avoidance, but as a form of um, self-preservation, I will probably not attend or be around that situation again. So yeah, okay, that was that was nice. Look at me with those questions, damn. Okay, who who do I look up to the most and why? Mm, 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 mm. My mother, that's for sure, hands down. Um, I look up to her because I'm just like. Like, without actually trying to, I guess, harp on that um, strong black woman trope, I guess I'm not applying it in the context of trying to now invalidate, I guess, the hardships that black women go through. I am applying it more in the sense of if there's anyone else who I think is tenacious, who is hardworking, who is just all around kind selfless um loving caring i can't think of anyone better than my mother and that is like literally like my lived experience so no one can argue with that <laughs> but that is generally like the person i look up to the most and i think because of that i have inherited certain like traits um from her and I actually really appreciate the fact that like I guess she has in a way shaped up my view of womanism because without her actually saying that she is about um, I guess the empowerment and um, equalization of um, women I guess I have really sort of taken from her that as a woman you can't be limited by anything and at the same time, not just even when it comes to womanhood, but in general, as a person, she has really instilled in me the teachings that I don't have to be confi confined by certain things and I can't limit myself as a result of certain, I guess, beliefs or teachings. Um, so I've really allowed how she's enabled me to just explore the world, be myself, really work according to my own rules within certain moralities that she's still instilled me in me so i really appreciate that so yeah i really look up to my mother like really really do like someone i'm so forever grateful for and i love her um <laughs> yeah uh, now how do i celebrate my achievements I celebrate by taking care of myself. No, I actually really, um, like, I practice daily gratitude. And within that daily gratitude, I tend to write um, about six or seven achievements. Like, whenever, like, so when I wake up in the morning, I write in my journal things that I'm grateful for. And then I also write, um, like, achievements that I've um like I've actually been able to have for for the previous day and generally when I reflect on those achievements it's actually um really not even anything that's huge it's generally small things like how I was able to regulate my emotions in a certain situation that might have like bothered me or like how in a stressful environment I was able to actually cope quite well or how I was able to check in on myself like I love that when I actually remember to be like hey how are you doing today how are you doing in this moment how are you feeling how's your body feeling do you need to take a moment sometimes I, I applaud myself when I do that because sometimes I forget um like I have like odd lunches so lunch hours so I really need to try and actually have a bit more of a um off a break but when i check in on myself it's just having a quick um body sort of awareness and then trying to bring myself back in the present moment and do anything relaxing to try and actually feel um a bit more i guess calmer like or in a sense of being able to be optimal um to tackle whatever is ahead but yeah um 
so there's certain things like that it's what i'll sort of come up with as something that has that i've been able to um achieve all right the other question is what do you love about your blackness everything all day every day no honestly i think um as a black woman i do also write sometimes the things i'm grateful for as a black woman and i certainly um well, I'm generally grateful for the opportunity of being an individual. Mm. And I always stress that because it's something that um, I guess I've had to, I think, counter the 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 way that we're always grouped together as like almost like a, the, the monolith. That's a word that everyone loves to use, but always grouped together as um as a collective. And whilst I appreciate the collectivism, like generally when it comes to grouping each other or saying most black people are alike, it's more a stereotypical sort of um, approach that they're using. So I think as a counterintuitive action for me, I've always been trying to emphasize that authenticity and individuality to myself and really never apologizing for them. But when it comes to being a black woman, I actually love, to be honest, I love the versatility of my hair. That's one. Then I really love the fact that like with my skin, honestly, like, especially because like sometimes like my face gets oily. I love that. Like, I'm just like, this is like so fantastic. And like, I just glow when like I become oily. <laughs> my face glows. And um, I love the fact that um, like... Oh, specifically black um i guess that the 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 cultural aspect of just um being able to i guess connect with my ancestors i feel like there's that connection like it's not that like obviously um like getting words from them or like actual like you know verbal exchange of information but I just feel like whenever I look up into the sky I'm just um sort of like even in a meditative state I just feel some sort of connection and presence with um all the people the generations before me and I guess their love of the earth and just oh like even now speaking of it it just brings a sense of like peace and sense of content yeah contentness yeah i really i it's it's something i really enjoy <laughs> to be honest um how do you maintain your inner peace like i just said it like i love being in nature i love just um connecting with the loved ones being around people that um are just yeah being around people that appreciate me appreciating myself showing myself kindness um <laughs> i usually have a saying especially um my friends would know this where i talk about i guess if i hear any self-defamation i'll just say we don't say that he or we don't do that around here because i genuinely believe that defamation is not going to encourage any sort of um self-development in any way in fact it's hindering you and we have to be careful in the way that we speak to each other. If it's not within loving and kindness, it generally is going to impact, I guess, your self-image. And in turn, it will probably impact your self-esteem. Um, there is a bit of psychology to it, obviously. If you're having more, I guess, more unhelpful thinking styles, then it will generally generate more unhelpful thinking styles. Or sometimes it leads to self-destructive behaviors. But if you try to sort of, um, you know, um, reframe um, those thoughts with a bit more loving kindness meditation, it does actually help. Self-compassion. Self-compassion therapy is mainly around that. So I think it's um, important to speak to oneself with love and kindness. May I be at peace. That's also another way I actually <laughs> achieve my peace. Um, I, I do tell myself to be at peace. And it's fantastic. Then, you know what? I am getting tired. But I think I've really answered quite a lot. And I think I've given you a bit of insight into my thoughts, you know. Uh, into how I feel uh, about certain issues. But in saying that, yeah, like I just said, um, 
how long have I been recording for now? Wow, I came here with the intention of just saying hi and just waffling on and then it turned into a whole thing. This is <laughs> um yeah, no. Nah, so I'm gonna stop it now. But yeah, well it was nice talking to y'all again, talking to a microphone and just staring at my computer screen, you know, I love it. It's fantastic. You know what? This is kind of like a self-reflective moment for me to be able to just chat here and then, you know, just listen to myself. And one of the actual things, I'm not going to lie, that made me think about recording again was the fact I was like, hey, I miss hearing my voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I do actually like listening to my own voice. But in saying that, um, it's funny because I'm actually more of an active listener than a talker in general but um i find this is an outlet to actually allow my thoughts to freely flow but also it's a creative hobby to be honest and it does actually allow me to um i guess have a bit more analytical approach to just my thoughts and share them with you and then try to get i guess a dialogue with everyone else as well so like I said, um, please do share your um, thoughts as well because I've been asking myself questions but I would like to hear your thoughts around it because it's always interesting when I hear or see people's um, responses to this, you know, because it's like, wow, we really have different views. And I love having different views um, when it doesn't dehumanize or try to deny my existence. But um, yeah, I actually love hearing different views because we can't all be the same. We can't all be a monolith. So <laughs> that's why I like it. But yeah, um, I was going to say like, subscribe and follow, but um, that's not the platform, you know. But actually, yeah, like, subscribe and follow because uh, that's where, I don't know, that's how we can continue more dialogue, right? <laughs> to be honest. Um, so it's not really my intention to try and like have anything as huge with this platform, but it's just, a, I guess, an area where I can share my thoughts, like I did say, and it's a creative outlet. Um, I can't sing. Um, I can sing alone. So this is one mode for me. Um, and I do like writing, but it's not usually creative. It's more, again, very much academic in itself so nah <laughs> not that but i guess you can perceive it as something that's creative but anyway and i was gonna say what else is like traditionally creative hmm i can't think of something barren there's other things that are traditionally creative i'm sure like drawing you know what i used to not be too bad at drawing i think i need to get back into it to be honest like just to be like let me see what i'm about yeah but yeah anyway yeah guys um definitely let's have a dialogue around this like the questions i asked i know i was waffling on but i really enjoyed that and those questions wow gosh damn that's an achievement i'm gonna re reflect on tomorrow in fact i'm gonna reflect on the fact that i did something with the podcast which again in itself is an achievement so double whammy two achievements Gosh damn, I'm great. <laughs> Have a lovely one, guys. Bye.